welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, the show where empowerment meets excellence in the health and safety profession. I'm your host, Alana Ball. Join me and our vibrant community of members as we dive into candid conversations, behind the scenes insights into what it means to be a health and safety professional. Whether you're conquering your day or catching up on the latest industry event, this podcast fuels your journey. Are you ready to elevate your career? Let's get started. I'm Alana Ball and you're tuning in to the Women in Safety podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Women in Safety podcast. I'm joined today by, I'm going to say you were a 2021, our first ever Women in Safety Awards. You were a nominee in leader of the year and you were a finalist in our empowered member of the year emma richards from safety glasses online thank you for joining me thank you for having me alana it has been a long time coming i feel like you and i have you and i have had a lot of conversations but we've never actually pressed recorded record on one uh And I'm going to say for the thousandth time in the podcast that you don't have what we would call a traditional health and safety role by any means. Uh, I won't tell people what and who you are and what you do, but tell us a little bit about Emma Richards, Safe Glasses Online and your health and safety career. Okay. Um, I'm a practicing optometrist and have been for many years and I started Safety Glasses Online because I was seeing the same patients week on week and and I was just wondering why they weren't wearing eye protection so I asked them. So I surveyed all of these patients that I was seeing over and over again and it came down to comfort, style and cost. So I started Safety Glass Online to alleviate all of those barriers so they didn't have any excuses in that choosing, you know, a pair of safety glasses, be them prescription or standard. Um, They'd have a huge range of quality eyewear that was as cheap as I could manage it, Mm. Um, you know, uh, made in Australia for the most part, the prescription and locally supplied. So... Mm. That that was why it was founded, and it was founded over ten years ago now. Mm. So it's been around for a while. And what I've loved about following your journey as well, Emma. I was going to call you Amy because I have Amy written here. That's how bad Dory <laughs> brain is for me today. Um, what I've loved about your journey is that you are such an advocate for health and safety because you've seen it go wrong. Now, traditionally, where we've seen that is in workers' compensation, is in rehab, OTs, physios. We don't often see that passion come from an optometrist, dare I say. But <laughs> but I think about my own journey of, of getting workers trying to wear their safety glasses and it is like beating your head against a brick wall at times. So I know you've come across your own challenges in that space. What are some of the challenges? And I'm going to talk directly to the safety glasses online side of the business. What's a significant challenge in that space that you feel that you've had to overcome? Being um, a different modality. So when you go to the big companies, they're used to using OPSM and, you know, having the 
their um, staff go into a practice and just order, you know, from those five frames that they have available. Mm. And I have to get them on board with the possibility of ordering things a different way. And it's it's difficult because a lot of them are middle-aged white males. They're used to things being a certain way. They don't want to change the status quo and they don't want to listen. So a lot of the time it comes down to money and that's the only way you get your foot in the door. Um, so, for example, um, it took two years and, and many emails, um, but I finally got um, to be a supplier for PepsiCo. But prior to actually being accepted, I had to go on site and meet the uh, Australia and New Zealand manager of safety and, and his three compatriots. So I rocked up into Brisbane to um, the Smith Snack Food site and and had my, you know, container of brownies because I never turn up empty-handed, um, even though I felt it was somewhat ironic turning up to a snack food uh, supplier with <laughs> snacks. I have to say they loved it, um, but I still was greeted with four males that had their arms folded they didn't want to be there they didn't want to meet with me they didn't want to listen to what i had to say so the way i actually got them to be interested was i asked them what the problems that they were having currently and i and i said fine this is the the issues you're having why don't we tailor it so that these particular roles have different frames have different lens coatings have and they were looking at me like I had two heads because no one had ever gone okay how do we make it personalized just for that role mm. and, as opposed um, to I guess what we traditionally see is here's three here's three um safety glasses you can choose from that we've got these three cost like code items um, and that's all you can pick from as opposed to going, right, you know, the forklift drivers that are out there doing this particular task need X, Y, Z. Yeah. 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 So they they actually started to get a bit more interested. The arms uncrossed and they started, you know, doing a bit of a lean forward. But it was a tough crowd and I'm, I'm not very confrontational. I'm not very pushy. Um, so I found it really hard. But I was so, I came out of it feeling like, okay, I, I can do this. I hadn't heard at the time if they were going to accept um, because it was really up to head office, which I think is in Malaysia. Um, or, yeah, I think it's in Malaysia for PepsiCo. Um, you know, and, and this process had taken like two years mm. to get through. Um, but, you know, we did get the contract. And so... You know, it is it is possible um, to tender and actually win a contract as a small business. But, I mean, I've had um, other, say, construction companies where they've asked me to go on site and show the, the guys the prescription frames. And, you know, and I rock up with my pink she-wear um, steel cap boots and the looks you get. And and it's just like you, you, you're an alien entering a... <laughs> You know, and I'm gonna, yet again, yet again go, I turned up with food and that tends to help. <laughs> noted, noted. No, I'm going to go, go back on the PepsiCo thing because I think there's a, there's a real lesson there that 
you, it took you two years to get a safety-related issue resolved with that company, albeit you're external. I think for me, I really linked that back to health and safety initiatives that we try and roll out. And it's like just because you didn't get the yes straight away doesn't mean that it's a no. It's about how do I continue to build rapport? How do I how do I listen better to what their needs are? You know, you came to them, well, tell me what your problem is. What are the issues that we're trying to overcome here? And then come at it with a different approach. It's like have that. I remember listening to someone recently and they were like, have a, you know, option A, B, C, D, however many it takes until you get the yes because I think in safety we can be so disheartened when it is the crossed arms and the you know you're annoying and you, you've taken up my day and I don't know why I'm here you didn't let that be your no you were like right how can I work around this what other things can I pull from my toolbox that's like okay I'm going to have a conversation about what are the issues I think that in itself is a really big gem for our listeners yeah because with PPE, as everybody in safety knows, compliance is a problem. So try, that's my whole thing is to try and remove as many of the barriers to people being compliant. So mm. way back when I had to, I think, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like a flow diagram of, you know, you've got your product and you've got to try and remove as many steps to get it to your end user. And... The simplest way of getting, say, tradies, for example, or people in construction to remember their safety glasses is make them sunglasses. Mm. Make them look like sunglasses so they just leave them on their head mm. because then they're not going to forget them. Yeah, if my brother was listening, um, he, <laughs> he rocked up recently. They went overseas, came back, and he took his safety glasses with him um, because they're his sunnies and he loves yeah. them and he got to choose. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> he's, yes. he's great at compliance. He probably still just doesn't wear them on site though, knowing my brother, yeah. shout out if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's really fascinating and, and I just, I, that's where I resonate with your story. It's like you're, you technically sit outside that direct safety realm Yet the challenges that you had to overcome and the influence that you have to have when it comes to safety-related initiatives, I feel like is so similar to what we do. Hey, it's me dropping in to let you know about the Women in Safety membership. If you haven't yet become a member, please jump onto our website, click the link in the show notes because we are the group for you to feel empowered. Do you want to elevate your career? We're the platform for you. Engage with like-minded professionals, participate in authentic conversations and open the door to opportunities that will help you thrive in your health and safety journey. Come to us for your authentic connections and break free of ordinary networking. I'll see you soon. Now tune back in. So that was a really great uh, success story. What about some of the impacts or what are the lessons that you've learned along the way? And I know, um, you know, you've had to have those conversations and you've seen the impacts of people getting injured. Do you want to talk about that for a little while, uh, I guess, around some more of that why that sits behind it and some of those injuries? Yeah. I mean, I've had, over the years, I've had people come in with significant alkaline burns and the problem with alkaline burns to their cornea is it just 
keeps burning and you can't feel it. So everyone would think acid's worse than alkaline, but it's not. You can feel acid. Alkaline, you can't. So I had a lady squirt exit mold in her eye. So it had ammonia in it. And um, I don't know how she did it, but she did a really good job. She went to the chemist first, which don't know why she did that. Um, but she ended up, so we, we flushed it out as much as we could, but then sent her off to the hospital because she needed to sit with a um, bag of saline just constantly dripping in her eye for God knows how long, but it, the poor bugger. She was okay. I've had people, um, this, this was a, this was an example, or this is an example of when someone's wearing eye protection, but it's not the right eye protection for the role. So I had a fellow who was actually brought in by his, um, probably his health and safety officer um, because he had sulfuric acid hit his eye. So he was actually wearing safety glasses, but they should have been safety goggles with a, you know, proper Mm -hmm. seal because it actually bounced up under the goggles. So I've had that happen, um, you know, and, and in his case, I mean, our corneas are amazing at regenerating, but it's an incredibly painful process if it's a significant burn. Mm. Um, so he, he was okay in the long run, but that was a big drama for his work. Um, he mm. was off work for quite some time, um, obviously paid because it happened at work. So but also the impact then, you know, and, and I know majority of our listeners are safety professionals and it's like we know the impact of, of an injury um, that goes beyond the, that of just work and the, the lifestyle and our eyes, you know, I think it's it's tape your eyes up for a day or, you know, put the eye patch on and pretend you're a pirate for the day, how much we rely on them. So it's like why don't we, and I know that you advocate for this, it's like why are we not advocating for them more? I Well, I, I know you know our motto, which is that, you know, we believe that vision is a precious gift that deserves mm. protection um, because I find that a lot of people don't think about the eye protection prior to performing an activity, be it DIY, be it mm. cleaning, be it whatever, and then they worry about it after the accidents happen. And you're like, if you just thought about it beforehand, we wouldn't have ended up here. So yeah, it's... And- I know, and I we will link your social media um, for people that want to check it out, but I know you're also such an advocate outside of the workplace and that, you know, you'll protect people's eyes and you're keen for people to protect their eyes even outside the workplace. And it's like, ah, oh, Sunny's the right thing. You're cleaning at home. As you said, doing your DIY project, how do we start thinking about it, you know, and I'm the first to kind of bail up my husband or even myself to be like, are we wearing the right PPE when we're doing the gardening? Um, it's like, well, I to be fair, I just wear my sunnies, but they're not safety glasses. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I always love seeing your social media when you're out with the family and you're like, right, I'm, I'm protecting my eyes because they're bloody precious. Yeah. 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 Well, the, you know, the, I've had people come in with, Bark in their eyes, um, timber in their eyes, dirt in their eyes, sand in their eyes. Um, they've had impact injuries from conifers, um, cycads, birds. I'm not a plant I mean, person, but just, I appreciate that. I know they're plants. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you know, the things that happen, it's just nuts. And yeah. 
just cyclists. People just cycling and the exhaust, they, there's metal fragments in the exhaust and then they have to come in and get that removed. So, you know. You learn something new every day. <laughs> that's that's my, my learning today. I'll tell you that for nothing. So how do you manage work-life balance? Because I know that you are in clinic some days doing optometry then the business, you're a mum. How do you manage work-life balance, Miss Emma? Uh, probably poorly would be the best description. Okay, drop the podcast, drop the podcast. No, no. <laughs> um, I, I don't work in practice every day. Yeah. I work in practice um, three to four days a week. Mm-hmm. I always have at least one day off during the week to keep everything else running. Um I am lucky that my kids aren't that little anymore so they can catch the bus home. I do, do still drive them to school, um, but they do catch the bus home. Um, but say if today, for example, um, I've got one kid that's got soccer about 20 minutes away and then I've got one kid that has soccer 40 minutes away for training. And I'm like, well, husband, luckily <laughs> he's a little bit flexible being an electrician. He can, um, you know, I can drop one kid at soccer there and then take the other kid to there and hubby can pick them up. Do the pickups, yeah. So can you tell me, I was just thinking about if someone is sitting there listening and going, you know, we're looking to change our PPE, let's not just go eyewear. But in your experience of, I guess, from that sales perspective, getting, you know, your brands and what you do over the line, what would the advice be to someone that's like, okay, I'm going to go to my senior management because we need a change, we need a more personalised approach to PPE. What would your advice be to them to kind of overcome some of those challenges? Okay, so talk to your workers and find out because they've generally seen something that they, you know, like because the majority, we we don't pay for Google AdWords anymore because it's word of mouth works much, mm. much better for us. Um, so... They've generally seen, you know, David down the street, you know, my mate Dave, he's got the good good safety glasses. So then they ask where they came from um, or they've got the good, um, you know, shirts or, um, you know, there might be a local. Support support your local. Mm. You know, a lot of them, uh, the workwear suppliers are still um, independently owned yeah. if, you, if you look around and, you know, all of our suppliers are based in Australia and uh, we, and I got contacted earlier this week by another Chinese, you know, prescription safety glasses supplier and I'm like, yeah, no, that's yeah. not what we do. The quality is not something I'm happy with and B, it's not supporting Australians. So, you know, it's, I think it's also, yeah, just just trying to, drill down into their roles and find out where their pain points are and why they're not being compliant. So I, I'm mining, for example, things get really hot. So mm. if the anti-fog on the safety goggles or safety glasses isn't any good, they won't wear them because they can't see. Mm-mm. So, I mean, that's that's simple. And, mm. I mean, I went to a safety um conference a few years ago and I asked all the safety officers after they looked at me like I had three heads because they're wondering why I was there 
And I said, well, what's what's your biggest issue with compliance? And it, it was glasses fogging up. So yeah, right. having, you know, paying a little bit more and getting something that's got an anti-fog coating can make such a difference. And paying a little bit more, the quality of the lens is generally better, so they last longer. Mm. So, you know, I know from stories in a lot of the big mining companies, the respect level of their equipment is fairly low, so there's like one way throwaway. Um, but if you can instill in them that we will buy these, you know, better quality products yeah. if you actually look after them, mm. Um, and, and, you know, setting up a proper cleaning station and all the rest of it just to make it easier for them to actually look after them. Because, mm. mm. you know, rubbing things on your shirt that's full of dirt doesn't really um, make the lenses last longer. No. And I completely agree with the, um, you know, one wear, throw them away. You know, I've, I've been on plenty of sites where it's just the really, dare I say, shitty plastic, clear plastic <laughs> buns. It's like, oh, I have, I have to wear safety glasses on site because it's just some mandatory rule. Um, I'm not doing anything, not going near any equipment, but as soon as you open that gate and step on that bit of dirt, that bit of dirt needs safety glasses. And it's like, hang on, 30 centimetres this way didn't need it. Um, so I completely I completely resonate with that. And as a safety professional, got awfully pissed off when you have to tell me where for the wearing sake not, okay, What's the risk of the role? What type of glasses do you need? What's going to protect your eyes? Like so much to it, which I think is just amazing. And someone who is getting into health and safety or, you know, those the, the fringes that the, we're all covering health and safety, what would your piece of advice be to that next generation who's starting out in their career? Find your tribe. Because mm. it makes it so much easier if you have people like, you know, the women in safety to talk to because when you run into issues like that I faced, say, at that first mm. meeting at PepsiCo where no one was excited I was there, they didn't want to be there, it's nice to have a community that you can actually talk to and find out that you're not alone, it's very mm. common and you can you know, you can get past this because all of all of these other people can too. So it's it's just yeah, if you if you've got your tribe and you you love what you do and you want to mm. make a difference, yeah, that's Oh Emma, yeah. you're speaking my language. <laughs> I didn't tell Emma to mention women in safety. No, she did But I completely agree, which is why I started Women in Safety, because I wanted that tribe to call on. Um, and I think I completely agree with if you love what you do, you know, I think there are so many of us, particularly the Women in Safety crew, we get into health and safety to help people. And I know you started Safety Glasses Online to truly help people, you know, you got sick of seeing people injured at work, so you 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 went about it, and you're a very values led professional. And I think any professional will succeed when they come at it from that values perspective and going, I really care about what you do and who you are as a person. So you you I actually have goosebumps because that's just the stuff I love. I think it's just it fills my cup up, Emma. So Emma, 
Thank you for joining us in another episode of the Women in Safety podcast. It's been way too long since we had you on. Um, we will share safety glasses online, um, socials and website for you to check out. And if you're looking at updating um, your PPE, um, what do you want them to know about the stuff that you provide, Emma, as a quick plug? Our range is ridiculously huge and it's all quality. So yeah, yeah if you can't find something on the website, we're missing something somewhere. Yeah, that's awesome. You're amazing at what you do. Thanks for joining us, Emma, and have a good day. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback. Or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues, and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.